So this is the uh, first day of spring according to the calendar. This uh, spring equinox, where the days and nights are equal in length. This is one thing I quite quite like living uh, this far north here in England is that uh, you get good perspective on the solstices and the equinoxes. It's very pronounced. And the winter solstice, the summer solstice, and then the, now the, the days will become longer than the nights. And so the planet Earth whirls its way around the sun according to who knows what is it magic or whatever it's a mystery isn't it to us this universe that we're experiencing how it all came about what's the point of it and just the sun itself just an amazing ball of fire what how did that start? It's uh, something that has a form, it's a condition. And uh, it's been going on for millions, millions of years. Now the human mind, <clears throat> it's hard for us to conceive anything that, that grand. I mean, we can, you know, like a million years A billion or whatever it's uh, you know these we have the words <clears throat> but recognize the limitation of being human uh, you know we're not we can be very arrogant and this is one of the problems is uh, pride is that we can you know think we're God or believe that we know everything <clears throat> So this sense of mystery is uh, the unknown, isn't it? And what, how, does, how does it affect your consciousness, you know, from this position of being a vulnerable human individual uh, in a vast universe that is a mystery? And that, then this is awareness of this, the mystery you you give up trying to solve the mystery from the puny mind of a human human uh, individual but you can surrender to the mystery open to it the unknown the the unlimited the unborn unconditioned the the vast that that is, you know if we take it too personally we become it terrifies us because the kind of really cramped mind of a human individual can be, I only want the security of the known, the certain. My family, my group, my ethnic group, my class, my way of thinking. I only want to be surrounded by people that, that think like I do. I only want uh, people that speak English. No one any foreigners speaking foreign languages. We get into the very kind of uh, ethnic obsessed individual because anything un that you can't understand, you can't bear. <clears throat> you like the illusion. One can like the illusion of the secure, the known, the certain. And then in the going forth, it's the bapacha, you know, this means going forth, it's like really not going to the certain, to the fixed, but it's like facing the, the mystery, the going forth into the unknown. So then Lung Po Cha's constant reflection, my na, nothing certain, don't know.
Well, that's a kind of knowing, isn't it? That's, a, that's knowing that you can't know that in the way that maybe your pride or ego or conditioning might want to know things, would like to d define everything, you know, have it spelled out in dictionaries, defined properly, so that it has a, a cert certainty that, to it. Everybody agrees on the definition. Then it's reality for us. <clears throat> so we can, you know, the, the kind of very narrow-minded human individuals can't accommodate the unknown or the, the foreign or the alien. Anything that's different. So that's why in the monastic samana life, and this uh, alms mendicancy. It's not to create certitude, you know, in terms of the requisites. We want security and guarantees. It's about the unknown. It's trust. It's uh, faith. It's willingness to put your life on the line, you know, in the very basic uh, needs requirements for survival, food, shelter, clothing, and medicine. So it is, you know, it's a very powerful uh, thing to commit yourself to. When you, when you, you know, here you ain't, one can get the idea that we're secure. <clears throat> but uh, I'm not against uh, you know, having security, but that's not, but I don't want to cling to, to that as my, you know, I've got to have guarantees and security and certainty uh, around my life as a monk. Because recognize that the sum of my life is about trust, in, in that which you can't define, you can't, uh, you can't uh, see it or know it as an object or, or a written guarantee, a law, a legal, a legal agreement about anything. <clears throat> so that's where this bapata going forth is, it, it can look foolish to a very materialistic person, you know, who's who maybe would would find that too threatening, too uh, dangerous for their lives. But this, for those that have this trust or the, the beginnings of it, an awakening state of mind, consciousness, So we can, you know, like living like a, a crab living under rocks or a clam or something, crawl into the shell. <laughs> As you get outside your shell, you're, you're in danger. <laughs> and so notice the, the form of the samana, the shaven head, isn't it, of the, the, the robes, and then in a warmer climate like India or Thailand, you're barefoot. So you're, you're taking away all the kind of the, the armor, the protective gear. You, you, we can't carry knives, guns, weapons, dangerous weapons in, in any way. Just the alms bowl, shaven head robes. And so this is like, like putting the, 
your physical body out on the line of uh, vulnerability and uh, taking the risk of being uh, attacked, damaged, killed or whatever or not, you know, if, 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 if humanity is so selfish and mean-hearted who's going to offer you any food or shelter or robes or medicine? But as most of us know, that this, the, the, the power that this generates, the samana, <clears throat> the spiritual seeker, is a, it's like an archetype or something. It speaks in its way, even though here in uh, Europe, we, people may not, you know, may think we're, they, they realize we're some kind of religious person. And so it, it does generate a sense of awe or interest or respect or and some people find, find it ridiculous, laughable or whatever, but we notice uh, my experience uh, here in England has been one where generally the people interested or respectful, at least they're not, they don't threaten. And then the requisites we have are abundant. So this is, this is to, this uh, meditation on the four requisites is, is a reminder because uh, it's so easy to be, to go back into the worldly mindset, you know, to worry about the future, uh, you know, worry about getting the, right kind of medicine, right kind of food, robes and so forth. We can make our life as mendicants into uh, a worldly condition of worry and demand for security. <clears throat> so the unknown, the uncertain, the mystery, The wonder, the awe that we feel. You notice in, when, when, when we wonder, the, you, you give up thinking, you're open. When something's wonderful, in the true sense of one, full of wonder, your thinking mind and your ego and your, all your worries and uh, self-obsessions drop away you know, into the act of wonder. or awe. So it's like, like discerning this when, <clears throat> when the self is absent. When, when we do experience wonder, then all our kind of petty little worries and self-obsessions and fears and, and complaints, they drop away at that moment. And we, you can observe that. You know, there's a discerning ability to, to recognize that uh, that puts us in a, into a, a relationship to the universe of, of opening rather than uh, closing ourselves off into our tiny self-centered worries and problems, personal views and opinions. So actually, you know, when we quite like that, that sense of wonder, if our, if our life doesn't have that, you know, we, we just kind of neurotic, self-obsessed, fear-driven individuals. And you, you see that in, in the society, you know, where people are so, live in these tight realms of self-obsession and fears worry and anxiety. Though the religious life is uh, like opening to the unknown, going forth into the unknown, facing 
not demanding to know anymore or to be rewarded. You know, like we can think if I become a, uh, a monk or a nun, I should be rewarded for being, for being celibate or for being good or being moral. Expecting to be rewarded for doing your homework and obeying the rules. So, you know, how we use this, this form, it's up to you, you know, but we can use it as a, a, a you know, to, in a way to, that it creates a sense of me and mine, a strong sense of me as a monk, as a senior monk, as a teacher, as a, a head of a monastery, uh, on and on like this. Or it can become a kind of duty, you know, righteous. I've got to be a living example, exemplary person. I represent Buddhism to the world. Uh, and it can be, you know, full of maybe grand ideas about wanting to bring the wonderful teaching of the Buddha into, into the European environment and convert people into Buddhists. and ordain many samanas. That is all very kind of grand, altruistic and good, but that's not it either. It's, it's still me as a person being caught up with my ideals, grand visions, <clears throat> altruistic tendencies. So this awareness is the gate to the deathless. Apamado aparutadesang apantasatawara The gate to the deathless are open. So that's why I like, particularly like that quote when I give formal deithinas. I usually this is the gate to the deathless. And then, you know, you can't see the gate. You know, don't, don't, ground, don't go around looking for it uh, as some object that you can find through sight. But you can recognize it. So these words like recognition, or realization, uh, this, this uh, third noble truth, emphasizing the, the Niroda Satcha, the third noble truth is called the truth of cessation. Niroda So it's not a truth about you know, every, it's not kind of a, a theoretical truth like everything ceases as a, as a kind of extinction or annihilation of anything. But it's a, when, when you observe, when you're the puto, when you're that open being observing the way things are, you're, you're aware of the arising and the ceasing of conditions in your mind, through the senses, through the mind, you, you, there's an awareness of the beginning, the middle and the ending of thoughts, of emotions, of whatever that you experience through the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, through the mind itself. So the only way to, to be that is not to, to operate from sakyaditi. You know, to operate from, you know, because sakyaditi, if, if that's the, the ground that we operate from, that's my modus operandi. That's, I start from sakyaditi and I interpret everything around me from that position. 
What is the result of that? Ask yourself this question. This me and mine, my practice, my life, my position, my view. If that's my, that's where, that's where I come from, then, then I, everything is seen according to how things affect me as a person. It's about liking and disliking and approving and disapproving and wanting to get something I don't have and not wanting what I have. It's about uh, identity with the body, seeing it getting old and, and knowing it will die. It's about me not, maybe not wanting to die, wanting to preserve my body as long as possible, make my body immortal. Or maybe I, I'd like to die as a person. Maybe I have a death wish, would like to get out of this complicated realm of samsara and my personality. So then the Sakya Ditti, and if I'm meditating in order to, to get rid of myself, that's still Sakya Ditti. So it's not about annihilating the self or, you know, destroying the world, but understanding. The knower of the world, the loka vidu. Knower of the world is not a judge of the world. And that's where the world then is conditioned phenomena. You know, see, not only think of the world as, uh, in, a, in a grand uh, kind of perception, but the world is nothing more than your thoughts, your identity with your body, identity with your emotions, feelings, um, what you see, hear, smell, taste, touch, all this is attachment to conditioned phenomena is the world. So this is, a, this you can actually, this kind of world you can actually begin to get perspective on. The world as a kind of abstract world that's, that's vast and, uh, and, and a maybe material world, maybe you think of planet Earth. <clears throat> but in, uh, it's like, like the Buddha recognized this, this this, that the, you've got these patterns. So you, you know, you, the rising, ceasing, for example, the birth and death. And so that's about beginning and ending. And birth and death, they're more, uh, have a kind of more emotional sense involved, or they're, they arouse a stronger sense of, you know, birth is good, death is, can be frightening. But when you get into less uh, tendentious terms, such as beginning and ending, and the, but it's the same thing. Birth is the beginning, death is the ending of a condition. And so we learn from these simple worlds that we experience, uh, you know, that we create. The sense of myself, me as, a, as this person, uh, my identity with the body, my views and opinions. This is, this is a world that I can actually witness, observe. So I have to live with it, you know, I have to, you know, you see me only a short while during the day. I have to live with this all the time. This body and this, these habit, mental habits. So, and this I can actually learn from, you know, learn about the world, be the loka we do, knower of the world. Nothing more than the awareness of the conditions, the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unoriginated, 
aware of the form, the created, the originated. So that that relationship of and, and the of awareness, gate to the deathless, mindfulness, path to the deathless, the deathless, and then the awareness. And what, and then the awareness as a as within the limitation that we have because of the birth of this body, of our bodies, because we 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 have we're conscious through this form, you know. So we can only know this much. You know, we can't know everything about everything, but we can know every we can know everything by observing the way it is. But not know everything in the, in the in, in a, we don't need to know why, how it all began, uh, how it will all end, uh, the purpose and meaning, uh, the creator, or what is it that creates? These, you know, these are the unanswerable questions. We can speculate, which can be a rather interesting thing to do sometimes, but it doesn't really get you anywhere <clears throat> into just maybe more doubt. Or we'll settle for somebody else's view about who, who created it all and what its purpose is. But in, the, in this path, in this way of, of uh, practice, we're not looking for certitude through, through uh, you know, accepting some belief about creation and who the original creator is and what its purpose is. If we are interested in that, we can observe that. that I would like to know who created the universe. At least, you know, if that's, if that's a, that's a obsessive thought that I'm that I have I can be aware of that for what it is the thought isn't it it arises ceases I'm not particularly uh, obsessed with that thought <laughs> by the way <laughs> who created the universe <laughs> but in uh, terms of the world you know then uh, ignorance, I can create a world. I'm very good at creating worlds. And so, uh, you know, out of ignorance and lack of mindfulness, not having investigated or understood anything, then I, then I live in a world of me and mine and my view and my life my body, what I think, my feelings. So I'm this kind of center of it all. And obsessed with, 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 you know, fear. Because on a personal level, you know, your personality, you think of how your personality is formed. You know, when you're growing up, it's through reward and punishment usually. You know, you're, you're approved of when you obey, when you do what mummy wants you to do and so forth, and then you're punished when you don't. And you go to school, the same thing. Father rewards and punishes you. The society rewards and punishes you as a person, as a citizen, as a member. So then, uh, and then in religion, like uh, the Christianity I was taught, God rewards and punishes. So, so then you, you, you're thinking from above, you know, the, the great creator, if I obey everything, do what God wants, then I'll be rewarded for it. And if I don't, then I'll be punished, sent to hell. So this, then this is uh, what we call the d dualism. It's, uh, 
It's the thinking mind that we create the world. You have to think that, that God is, is the almighty power in the universe uh, and uh, he uh, will reward me if I obey the commandments and live according to what God wants and then I will be punished if I disobey. That's, a, that's, a, you, that's thought, isn't it? It's a cultural condition also for those of you who may not be, have been brought up in, in uh, that kind of religion. But even society, even, you know, atheists and non-theistic society still is a reward and punishment. Law of karma. Do good, receive good. Do bad, receive bad. And there's a certain truth in that, in the conditioned realm. You know, if, if, if we attach to goodness, we tend to, you know, if that's our aim and our purpose, to be a good person and be kind and generous as a person, be, uh, and the, yeah, be moral and use, use our ability to speak and act in ways that are kind and beneficial and compassionate, we will become a very good person, which is, tends to make life much more pleasant than, than, it, than if I do the opposite. <clears throat> so, I mean, this, this karma, do good, receive good, do bad, receive bad, cause and effect. Now, this is about conditioned realm. This is about the world. Condition phenomena. There's good and bad, right and wrong, true and false. Day and night, there's equinoxes and solstices. There's male and female. Big and small, beautiful, ugly. There's different colors yellow, red, and blue, white, and black, and on and on like this. There's infinite variety. There's refinement, and there's coarseness. Now, these words all convey qualities of conditioned phenomena, subtle and coarse. <clears throat> now, then, the mindfulness, the recognizes, Mindfulness can receive, you know, includes both right and wrong, good and bad, heaven and hell. And so they call it non-preference. It's not, it's not taking sides. It's not about rewarding you for obeying the rules and punishing you when you don't. And so this is this is uh, this gives us this perspective, uh, awareness, mindfulness, path to the deathless. Uh, the gate to the deathless is open. There's the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. Nibbana, anatta, sunyata, all these these terms, poly terms. And this is budgetang uh, to be realized individually. You know, just understanding this intellectually is not enough. You think, I understand, you know, I get the point of it. I can, you know, I, have, I can understand the words you're saying, Ajahn Sumato. But the reality, you know, is, is different than than just repeating the words or understanding just the, the on, on that level of, of uh, definition of word, of description, to open, to trust, to open to the real, to recognize reality. You know, it's not 
something you can't do. But if your modus operandi is always me and mine, Sakya Ditti, then then you're you're bound to that realm. That world is is the world and you can't see through it. You know, you're 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 blinded by Sakya Ditti. And it and you can't see out of it. So therefore this like uh, vipassana meditation, the insight practices is is about is looking into investigating, not from sakyaditi, you know, me trying to find the answers to life, but it's 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 not about me anymore. It's the recognition of this sense of me, of my of the sense of my identity, how I see myself through identification with the physical body or with my memories, my emotions, my views and opinions. Believing in all my fears and worries. Believing this is, this is really important take oneself seriously. Some of us can easily take ourselves very seriously. You know, what I think and my feelings are terribly important and don't make fun of them. Don't belittle me because my opinion and my view and my feelings are, are very important to me and I'm fully committed to that is where I experience life from my emotional world from this sense of myself, protecting myself. All this can be observed, isn't it? This sense of, the, the, why I encourage this <coughs> thinking, the intentional thinking. <coughs> to, to really put it to the test, you know. What is me and mine, Sakaya Ditti? And then my insight was it's about thinking, attachment to thought, attachment to, you know, this habitual unquestioned attachment that I am somebody, I am this body, my views are important, my fears, my life, my feelings. Or I can go the opposite way, I'm, I'm just unimportant, I'm just a nobody. I, I don't expect the world to recognize me. I'm just, you know, nothing at all, really. It's, it's the same thing, whether you, you're, you're full of self-importance and, and terribly serious about yourself as a person, or you tend to dismiss yourself. But awareness, notice that this awareness, in this awareness you can see these different tendencies of self-importance or self-negation. They are worlds that you create out of ignorance. So as you know, think I'm just nobody of no importance, it's still Sakaya Ditti. Or my, I'm very important, my life is, you know, my feelings should be respected and I should be appreciated and I take my life very seriously. That's also Sakaya Ditti. <clears throat> and that which is aware of it is, you know, this aware, this listening. You know, if if I don't think, if I if I stop thinking, then there's still attention, there's consciousness. What is that then? This and the, like the act of wonder when you when you go, when you see something or experience something where you you're you're filled with wonder. Actually, the reason the 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 beauty of that is because there isn't any self at that moment. You're not thinking about yourself at that moment. You're free from 
from this kind of uh, prison of Sakyaditi. But so much of life is not wonderful in that way. You know, you can wait for moments of wonder to arise. Most of our life is like just sitting, standing, walking, lying down, breathing, just the routine functions of the body. Waking up, going to the toilet, eating food. All this is, this is, you know, these are not wonderful experiences. They don't create wonder. But we can observe. You know, they're not, they're just the routine <clears throat> of daily life. And so like in the, the Samana life, it's not about, you know, seeking a mountaintop and living on mount, top of Mount Everest or, you know, living in a state of, of perpetual wonder where we no longer can function. <clears throat> but we, you know, we, we the, the mindfulness of the way it is, of the five khandhas, as they arise and cease throughout the day and night in their pleasant or unpleasant or dreary, boring forms, whatever. You know, conditioned phenomena has all these different qualities. It can be absolutely fantastic, absolutely horrible. Most of our life is neither that, neither one nor the other. It's like, it's, it's uh, breathing, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, eating, waiting, walking from this point to that point, then <laughs> like that. It's just, you know, most of our lives are not about the extremities of conditioned phenomena. And so then, then of course, the, the boring side of life, we, we tend to ignore it and keep, you know, aiming for the next exciting event, the, the adventure, the romance, the excitement, the, the thrill. So in, uh, you know, the monastic form is, is particularly, you know, why we don't, it's not meant to be an adventure in terms of going off and doing exciting things and, and romances and exciting things. It's about putting on the robes, arms round, eating, walking, from here to there, standing, sitting, lying down, falling asleep, <laughs> getting cold, too hot, too cold, and the, the kind of routine, ordinary experiences uh, that can be seen as boring or uninteresting or we don't bother to notice or pay much attention. So like on a retreat like this, the silence, the routine, deliberately using it to observe the Sakya Ditti, sitting still for a long time, walking Jongrom, walking back and forth, or whatever is, is like this. You know, so we can, we're, we're not trying to make it interesting, but use these postures of the body and the breathing for awareness. So the epithet for the Buddha is loka, we do knower of the world. And then we might assume that the Buddha knows all the world, the real world. And then we can, we can appreciate the Buddha is the loka, we do knower of the world. But don't disparage, you know, your, your, that this awareness is the Buddha actually, knower of the world. When you claim it as in personal ways, you've missed the point. So it's not about my awareness anymore. It's the recognizing awareness is this. 
which includes the, the, you know, the the postures, the breathing. Does awareness prefer inhalation or over exhalation or what? <laughs> and uh, it's open; it receives equally, doesn't it? The inhalation, exhalation, the postures, the emotions. Happiness, misery, liking, disliking, anger, resentment, fear, jealousy, envy, selfishness, demonic states, angelic states. Awareness has room for the whole thing. As soon as you are not aware, then you then you're then you're back into picking and choosing, trying to control things. <clears throat> what you like you try to hold on to, what you don't like you try to get rid of. So that and that's the world we create. So in the this awareness and gate to the deathless Amatatsa Tawara, Amatatsa, the deathless gate. Tawara is, a, is like a door or a gate. So it's, it's, a, it's an entrance that we have in mindfulness. It's this point here and now. And then, ye soda wanta bamun chantu satang. Soda wanta, one who, who hears, who listens, who's attentive, who understands this. And then, bamun chantu satang, faith, I trust this, this awareness, recognize it. If you're going to worship anything or adore adoration, it's it's awareness, this point of awareness. The deathless, the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. So like adoration or the kind of bhakti style of practice, don't put it down as just, you know, hocus pocus or superstition. Actually, it has a way of, uh, when, when you recognize this, you know, then a sense of awe and, and adoration arises. You're not just thinking just a buzz in the ear or just, you know, the unborn, uncreated, unconditioned, it sounds like nothing, annihilation. You're looking for a radiant deity, maybe, an angel with light coming out and wings and harps and things like this, looking for, for some fantastic kind of vision. Because the personality is built on that extremity, you know, wanting the these radiant light, creatures of light that just dazzle you. But in, in, and then there's also the opposite of being stuck in some demonic hell realm. <clears throat> Everything's ugly and painful and miserable. So in this uh, reflection, the awareness has room for angels, for devadas, for radiant beings. It's not about dismissing or getting rid of them, but it's not about trying to f find them or seek them out of ignorance and sakyaditi. Or the fear of the demonic, the evil, the the mean, nasty, painful, ugly side. There's room for that too. Because our way of looking at the ugly, painful, 
as well as the radiant and beautiful, is seeing it, seeing it, and, and knowing it for what it is, knowing the world, loka we do, knower of the world, no preferences. So in this awareness, there's room for demons and angels, God and the devil, everything, everything belongs. And in, in this way, then, we, we're not, you know, it's not up to us to try to rearrange it all. We get back into the self-view. I personally like radiant uh, light creatures over hideous, ugly, nasty demons. You know, that's personal. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, life, you know, our, as our karma ripens, we, we <laughs> things arise in our consciousness. We experience, you know, the, the gamut of conditioned uh, phenomena. So some of it's very nice, uh, beautiful. Some of it is nasty and ugly. Most of it is neither one nor the other. And so then this, this uh, awareness is the, is the way out, is the escape from the, you know, wanting one and, and not wanting the other. Because this realm that we're experiencing is like this. It, you know, it's a, it's a sense realm In, and you're, you're, you're in a vulnerable form, a human form. You have to live a lifetime in this sensitive state of vulnerability. There is a lot to fear. You know, this is a fear realm. Survival of the fittest. And, uh, you know, we have to eat, uh, eat things. And there's a lot of violence and killing and murder and and uh, destruction, big fish eating little ones, and on and on like that. And then the sense realms, it mean, doesn't mean just beauty, as it means beauty and the ugly, the pleasant and the unpleasant. That's what senses are, you know, they, they, they discriminate. But then the, the way out of suffering is not through controlling, but through understanding. All conditions are impermanent. Sape sankarani cha, sape tama anatta. Ultimate truth, reality is not a personal thing. Sape tama anatta. The real is not mine, in other words, not me as a person. So it's like within the, this limitation of a human form, we can get in touch with ultimate reality through this gate. And through that, then we, we cultivate that. We find that is our real home. You know, the, once, we, once we recognize that, once we 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 know it from not through theory or concepts we get from others but through direct insight then that is the path that we cultivate the eightfold path samaditi samasangapo so you can see why i you know my whole intention is is to point this out you know this whole retreat. You know, you know this is this is all I'm really interested in. Is you know, and 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 encouraging you to uh, to to practice to see this yourself. You know, not to. You know, that's the what what I would um, why I talk like this, why I do this, because. The important thing is for liberation. 
I don't see, I don't consider monastic life or Buddhism anything other than a skillful tool for liberation and is not an end in itself or not something that I even want to identify with. You know, I like it personally. I like Buddhism and Buddhist things and that. But that's not the important issue, is it? It's, a, it's like a very skillful convention for this pointing and to to encourage other human beings to wake up and look, to observe, to be liberated from the traps of their habits and fears and desires. Now it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I found this very effective for for me, my life, this is, uh, you know, it's a, a convention that I really trust in. I respect it because I put it to the test over a long time. So, I mean, it, you know, just making it work, using it. Sometimes I've used it foolishly. Uh, you know, we all, you know, we all get caught up in our, in our habits, but that's not the point. You've got these, like the Vinaya is a kind of boundary, the kind of safeguard boundary for uh, action and speech, which doesn't let you get too far out. You know, it has its limitations on behavior. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, and I found that helpful because uh, having an impulsive character, it, you know, if I just, it's so easy for me to just follow impulses. And so a, a person like myself, uh, you know, I could recognize it would be very good to live within a form that I, that I didn't create. It wasn't, you know, me, you know, trying to figure out how I want to live and and make up my own rules, but it's living in a traditional form which, which gives uh, boundaries for action and speech, prescribed boundaries, and that's helpful to re reflect on my own conceits and stubbornness and fears and so forth. But it also has prevented me from, from all kinds of actions and that, that I probably would have performed if I hadn't been a monk. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I do appreciate that. Because now I look back and, you know, I'm really glad. I take joy in all the, the things I've never done. Maybe I've wanted to do them, but couldn't because of the monastic commitments. I mean, it's like, <clears throat> I, now I look back and I find a kind of gratitude and joy from all the things that I've saved myself from doing through, <laughs> through living within this uh, uh, traditional form. Of course, even within the form, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, the, the Sakya Ditti arises, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it's inevitable. But that's the point, is to, to see that, you know, keep these reflections, uh, sanya, these monastic reflections and that help to, to for us to see the, our own conceits and tendencies, emotional hang-ups and that. They're, they're not for intimidating us as personally, but it's for reflecting. Have something outside my personal preferences and tendencies that I respect enough to try to conform to, not out of fear, but for awareness, for learning, for understanding. 